SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Even your own morning culinary experiences. Warning, the following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. There's going to be the thinking of, okay, once fans are allowed back in the stands, boy, they're just going to flood into these arenas and stadiums. And while that may be to some, might be to others, the Brooklyn Nets last night against Memphis, they just didn't care. So if they don't care, then why should I care? You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Wednesday, December 30th morning, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls again right here on a Wednesday. Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Well, well, Miami conspiracy bucks don't stop here. Sometimes you can beat the boys at FanDuel. Let's give the boy a hand. Who's winning the NFL least? Patriots hit a new low. Steelers committing a crime. Red Sox stankies reborn in the West. One more deal for the Padres. And is anyone in baseball that crazy? We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday, December 30th, 2020. Just two more days left of uh, 2020. And for the most part, I would think uh, most of Americans could say thank you very much. And don't let 2020 hit you in the ass as it goes out the door. That is for sure. I always marvel, though, at people who think things are going to change just because the calendar changes. Just because all of a sudden on uh, you know Friday, December or uh, January 1st, 2021, the world's going to get better. <laughs> Somehow or another, uh, I don't think that's the case. But a couple of things to get to today, including some NFL stuff. Uh, some college basketball stuff, some NBA stuff from last night. And, you know, it really is amazing how, you know, when you just take time to think things out. And, and listen, that is, a, you know, the almighty ace in the hole, right? Who has time these days? It's, it's so much going on. But there were a couple of logical plays in the NBA last night that if you really, you know, you you, you kick yourself when you, when you look back and say, yeah, geez, of course, I could have had a V8, you know, one of those moments. There were two games last night. We didn't have time. You know, once once the NFL kind of winds down, we got one more week of the regular season with all the playoff stuff and, you know, coaches being fired and, and GMs being fired on Monday and Tuesday, no doubt. Once we get through that, uh, we'll really concentrate on the NBA and college basketball a little bit more on, here on Bagels and Bad Beats and, and hockey as well once that uh, kicks off 
hopefully cross your fingers, uh, you know, sometime in February. Um, but until then, it's always on the periphery. It's, it's there. It's okay. You know, you take notice of some certain things, but you know, you don't have time to delve into it too, too much. But last night, boy, there were a couple of winners. Just logic. It, it's rare when logic. Last night is one of those nights that the boys in Vegas at FanDuel entice you. You know, they don't beat you all the time. They're not idiots, right? You don't lose every single day. If you lost every single day, unless you're really just a dope, you're not going to gamble. You're just going to be, what's the point? I lost yesterday, lost the day before, lost the day before, lost the day before, lost the day before. You know, it's just one after another. You're not going to do it. So they let you win. Every once in a while, they let you win. And yes, they do. That's how it is. Whenever you win, it's not because you were smarter than them. It's because they let you win. So they let you win last night on two logical plays. Milwaukee beats Miami last night, 144-97. Now, it's very easy to say, all right, the Bucs are a better team than the Heat. Uh, no big deal. I don't know what the line was. I'm guessing uh, four or five or so. So, you know, okay, then they beat him, right? No, that, that's not the logic behind it. The logic behind it last night, remember who beat Milwaukee in the postseason last year? Miami Heat. Remember who was favored big time in that series? The Milwaukee Bucks. As we welcome in our full audience here, Beggars of Bad Beats on this uh, uh, Wednesday morning, a rare, rare, rare day in which we're starting off with some uh, NBA stuff, trying to figure out how to beat the boys at FanDuel in Vegas. And and last night we had a couple of winners here in, in the NBA that we should have been all over. We really should have been all over. Miami knocks off Milwaukee as a big dog last year in the postseason. Now, they go on to the NBA Finals, as we all know. They even gave the Lakers a run for their money. But this, you talk about a big-time, big-time revenge game. You know, when you look for reasons why teams play in the NBA regular season, this had a big star next to it. Milwaukee, for sure. Just like last week when the Clippers played Denver. Should have been on that one as well. You know, who knocked the Clippers out of the postseason? Denver. How'd they do it? By rallying from 3-1 down. You, you got to believe the Clips were chomping at the bit to get back at the Nuggets, right? They did. They won. They covered very easily. Same thing last night with Milwaukee. They, they, they must have looked at that 2020-21 NBA schedule and said, where's Miami? And they circled that game. And it showed last night they set an NBA record with 29 three-pointers. They led from start to finish and just beat the Heat 144-97. Easy, easy, easy winner with the boys in Vegas. The other one, Clippers crushed Minnesota 124-101. What happened? Uh, they didn't lose to the Clips. Uh, you know, the Clips didn't lose to Minnesota. Guy, you just said they lost to Denver, right? No, but this was the Clippers' first game after getting trashed by Dallas. Remember, they split 27 points first half points. That was their last game. You know, they were chomping at the bit to get back on the court. And he showed last night two easy winners. The NBA game last night. We're coming up. Biggest bet. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you found us, keep it right here for Sport. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. 
never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Paul started his career at D2 Lewis University, then DePaul, oh, then the NBA. My goodness. But when you have a blowout, whether it's 42, whether it's 20. Uh, oh, oh wow. there it is, Chris. There it is. <laughs> I think their bench and team knows. Did you see how excited the oh, bench got on that? Absolutely. No doubt that. 30 misses in 35 attempts in tonight, 27 of 48. All right, Sammy. There I was, it is. I, was gonna, I, should, I should have. We talked about it. Sam Merrill. But, yeah, it really could be for onto the Cooper. Yeah, shout out to Lawrence Forbes. All right, some of the highlights from last night's NBA slates. Bengals and Matt Beats on this Wednesday, December 30th, 13 past the hour, taking you right up until uh, 7 uh, p.m. Eastern time. Fox Sports uh, with the calls there. As uh, we had a full slate of games last night, a couple of winners. Our system took another little hit as we went 0 for 3. I'm very disappointed in that. Started off like gangbusters in the NBA, going 5 and 1 on Sunday, but 0 and 2 yesterday. One of the games really didn't count because the Nets. Decided to sit uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, which we spoke about yesterday, which was a joke. But last night we had three legitimate plays, and uh, all three came up losers. Denver was the system play in Sacramento. Uh, OKC was the system play getting six against the Magic. They lose by 11. And uh, the other system play was Detroit uh, getting four and a half against Golden State. So, and the system is... And we don't generally reveal this unless you're a podcast subscriber, $25 a month level, by the way. Uh, you play on a team that played the night before when they're playing a team that was off the night before. And yes, you heard that right. Uh, it shouldn't, you know, we think it would be the other way around, but first month, month and a half of the NBA season, I've been following this for several years, and I'm telling you, there is no better NBA system. Now, this year, I think there's a little wrinkle thrown in in that there's no fans in the stands. Travel is a little wacky. It's, it's a little weird. You know, this coronavirus is putting a wrinkle into all our great trends here. But um, you play on a team that played the night before when you're playing a team that was off the night before. The logic behind it, I, I think in the beginning of the, the season, first month, month and a half, you know, teams want to get right back out there, especially if they lose the first game. I've never broken it all down, but the ideal just following it the ideal situation is to have that team lose the first game go on the road you're traveling i get all that stuff be an underdog not a favorite and then win that second game outright not even just cover but win it outright that's the classic situation so uh but we went five and one on sunday oh and two yes or two days ago but really oh and one Again, not going to count the Nets, and then, but legitimately 0-3 last night. So uh, I, I don't know with the coronavirus and travel being a little different, no fans in the stands. Um, I don't know if that's playing a role or not. But, you know, so far 5-5, five and five, so not not horrible. But uh, considering we were 5-1 and one at one point, uh, disappointing for sure. Uh, college football, we had two games last night. Well, what a, you know, don't tell me these guys don't play with the boys in Vegas. It, it just don't insult my intelligence by telling me, even in a bowl game, even in a game that's on national TV, which you would think would be the last place they'd ever want to you know, fix a game. And I'm not saying the game was fixed, per se. All I'm saying is, you know, Miami's getting their ass kicked, right? It's 21 nothing. Their quarterback, Derek King, goes out, uh, you know, when, when they're down 21-7 at that point. <clears throat> Backup comes in. He's just as good, if not better. 
All right. Uh, somehow or another, the defense, which was just an absolute sieve for a quarter and a half. I mean, just a joy. This is one of the better teams in the ACC. My goodness. Right. So they, they were giving up points left and right. They, they actually make a couple of stands. They cut the lead to 21-19 after scoring a touchdown. They're in the third quarter. They go for two to tie the game. The kid leaps over the goal line. Easy two-point conversion. We're tied at 21, and Miami has all the momentum in the world, right? Officials step in moments before they're about to kick off and say, well, we're going to review that two-point conversion. All right. I don't really see the reason why, but uh, you know, go ahead. You want to review it. You want to delay the game. Maybe they got to get some commercials in or something. Who knows, right? They're going to come back and confirm it was good. They come back and say, no good. Even the announcers are like, how in the fudge are they saying that's no good? That They clearly, clearly show the guy is at the one-yard line, but he's lunging forward. He crosses the line, you know, by about a half a yard. It, it's not even close. And somehow or another, they come back and say the two-point conversion is no good. And again, even the announcers, I think, I, I I don't know for sure. Uh, I, I think it was Brian Greasy. He's like, oh, are you kidding me? Really? I mean, I, I don't know what they're seeing that we're not, but, you know. So even the announcers who are as bland, as non-critical as, you know, you could ever get, even they were like, well, what are they talking about? Next possession, Miami's defense has not one penalty against them, not two penalties against them, not three penalties against them, four penalties. Four and three out of the four were were awful. One wiped out an interception, which would have given Miami the football deep inside Oklahoma State territory. And Miami score and, and Oklahoma State scores on that possession, and basically ball game over. Uh, you know, Miami made the score later on, but you know they did have two times, two possessions late in the game to to win the game, you know, down one score, and, and they could. They got a first down and a couple first downs on their last drive, but that was it. Uh, they got it right around midfield, and, and for whatever reason, the Oklahoma State defense decided to play, and uh, Oklahoma State ends up winning a 37-34. But, you know, you go back to that one possession, or two possessions, the, the two-point conversion, and then four defensive penalties. I mean, and some of these were as ticky-tack. One was legit. One, the defensive back grabbed the wide receiver. But the other three were as ticky-tack as, as you could ever find. And again, one wiped out the interception, which would have given Miami the football with all the momentum in the world uh, at, at the Oklahoma State right around 30-yard line. Now... You want to tell me that game's on the up and up? You want to tell me that that was legit? You want to tell me the referees just stink? All right. You know what? You believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I want to believe. But to watch those games, you know, first of all, there's no defense being played whatsoever. Then Texas beats up Colorado 55-23, basically a home game for the Longhorns. I thought Colorado would play better than what they did, uh, but they really got their butt kicked from start to finish. It was 14-0, blink of an eye. And, uh, you know, Texas's offense, um, you know, that was their A game. You, you got, for whatever reason, you got the A game out of Texas. And, and that was no match for, for Colorado. So Colorado stinks. What a Pac-12 was just awful. Just brutal this year. Man, oh, man. So two games, you know, the first one was entertaining. But that Miami team, it, same old, same old. I don't know why I put faith into the Hurricanes last night. I thought they would win. Now, listen, their quarterback went out. But to be fair, they were down 21-7 when he was in there, when he went out. And the backup, was, like I said, was just as good. So I know they're all going gaga down in Miami about De'Ara King coming back for his uh, 17,000th year. 
But, you know, the backup was just as good. That's not why they lost the football game. Although maybe in the end, uh, them having the ball twice in the final five minutes and, and not being able to score, you know, did hurt them. Uh, but, you know, two two halfway decent, I suppose, ball games. But at first, when you, when you watch that stuff and you see the officials play that bigger role, it's just like, what are you doing? I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, just just brutal, brutal calls. College basketball last night. Listen, I'm not going to go gaga over Gonzaga beating Dixie State, uh, 112 to 67. But the Zags are now 9-0. They've scored out of their nine games. Not 70, not 80, but 90 points in seven of their nine games. And the two that they didn't, they've scored 87 and 88 points. I told you before, we were on there over two days ago. Should have given that out last night uh, because it was 166. And then they damn near hit 166 themselves. Uh, 9-0, and and they've scored 90 points in seven of their nine games. And the two others, 87 and 88. This team is unbelievable. If they don't win this year, in a year in which there really aren't any other major forces, Kentucky not good, Dookie Pukey's really not that good, North Carolina really not that good. If if the Zags can't win this year, then I'm telling you, they're just never going to win because they are by far the best college basketball team I've seen play. And I haven't seen them all. Uh, but the best I've team. And I got a three-team parlay for you coming up next. It's unbeatable. It's going to pay 43 to 1. Next time, Big Blue Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Okay. Secondly, okay, going forward, everybody's in the same situation. It all depends on what we do. We control it. And the biggest thing is we got to want to do it. We don't have to do it. We got to want to do it. That's the truth. Take the pressure off ourselves and just go and have fun. That's the truth of the matter. Nobody expected us to be in this position. You guys didn't expect us to be in position. Really, the only guy that did was me. Okay. And I believe that. So I'm going to tell that. So I'm going to tell it to the players. That's the truth. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it might be from my version. But that's I get the players to believe that we control our own destiny. It's in our hands, you know, all the cliches. But uh, we're gonna have fun. Washington Potato Redskins head coach Ron Rivera there talking about the skin situation. They are playing Sunday night game. So they really could have had two. They could have had Arizona and the Rams play Sunday night. Interesting they chose Philadelphia and Washington, two of the bigger markets, although L.A. obviously very big, but maybe not so big when it comes to football and Arizona. Eh. Uh, But you have Ron Rivera and the skins taking on Philadelphia. No matter what happens earlier in the day between the Giants and uh, and Cowgirls, ultimately it's going to come down to the Washington game. If Washington wins, they're in. If Washington loses, then the Giants-Cowgirls winner wins the NFC East. And we've had this debate before, and it really hasn't changed much in that do you want to make the playoffs? Uh, It looks more and more like you're going to be facing Tampa Bay in the first round. I think Tampa Bay is one of the few teams that could beat Kansas City. I, I think they have a real good shot. You know, 
of, of going to the Super Bowl. I'm not in love with any of those NFC teams. I think they all have flaws, including the Packers. I know everyone's jumping on the Packers, Aaron Rodgers bandwagon right now, but not me. Uh, I, I think Tampa Bay, I know they haven't really beaten any great football teams except Green Bay. But I do think Green Bay. I, I do think Tampa Bay is, is a force to be reckoned with, especially in the postseason. And you know, you win the NFC least, and you go from you know with, with six wins or or five wins in the case of the Cowboys. You know, you go from drafting in the top ten to drafting around twenty twenty third or so because you make the playoffs. You get you get behind all those other teams that have worse records than you or better records than you. Uh, but you made the playoffs. It doesn't go by record anymore. You, you, you take the non-playoff uh, teams, you go by record, and then you take the playoff teams, and then you go by the record. So Dallas or the Giants or Washington would you know, be the worst of all the playoff teams, but you're going to be behind all those other teams. So that, that's uh, 18 teams. that You're going to be drafting 19th instead of drafting around 9th or so. Uh, for what? To, to get your ass kicked by Tom Brady in the first round of the postseason? So is it really worth it? That said, you know, if uh, Washington wins, they're in. And, I, and that's Ron Rivera. So I'm sure he would like nothing more to get his team into the postseason. Same thing with the Giants. Dave Gettleman, GM, worried about his job. Rivera is obviously not with Washington. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy certainly is not with the Dallas Cowgirls. We've all heard that uh, so many times from uh, Jerry Jones and company. So it's really only Gettleman and the head coach for the Giants, Joe Judge, first year. It's really only Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, that's got to be worried about his job. So I no, no doubt they want to get in, but from a fan's perspective, yeah, you really got to ask yourself, is, is it worth it? And then you got the uh, the Dwayne Haskins situation with Washington. And Fox Sports had a report out there that said Doug Williams, who's a front office guy for the Skins, former quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback, uh, talked Rivera out of, uh, cutting Haskins earlier in the year, but uh, Williams then told my guy Chris Russell, I used to work with, uh, who's now working at Sports Illustrated, uh, that no, that that report is false. Uh, that that's news to me. His words. So it, it is all a Ron River. It's amazing. You know, you got you know Doug Williams is a big time quarterback here, right? I mean, been in the league a long, long time and, and seen the ups and the downs. Uh, one of the first successful black quarterbacks and dealt with all that stuff. You know, how long you've been a black quarterback question that he supposedly he was asked uh, in the Super Bowl and, and all that stuff. You know, so he's got a good head on his shoulder. And here comes Ron Rivera and he just takes over. I mean, just absolutely takes over. Williams is supposed to be one of the main front office guys and your head coach is calling the shots on who's on the team or not. And, and to the point of, you know, cutting a guy that was drafted a year plus ago. I, I mean, so... Apparently, uh, it was, uh, you know, the definitely a Ron Rivera decision to cut Haskins. And there was a story out there yesterday, before we get to our three-team parlay, um, that outlined some of the things that uh, Haskins did to facilitate the skins from cutting him. And, you know, I, I won't bore you with some of the details, but it's, it's nothing that we haven't necessarily heard before. Um, and it's going to ultimately go back to the same thing. One, uh, Les Carpenter of the Washington Post, to give him credit where credit is due, put the story out there yesterday. Uh, Daniel Snyder, the owner of the team, was the one that was the main force behind uh, drafting Haskins. You know, we kind of knew that. He confirmed that. Uh, former President Bruce Allen didn't want to. We knew that. Okay, he confirmed that. Uh, Rivera and former head coach Jay Gruden, he wrote, were both stunned, his words, by Haskins' consistent late arrivals to meetings, failure to master the playbook, and refusal to prepare for games. 
Um, we kind of knew all that, right? Uh, most who worked with Haskins, he wrote, did not find him to be rude or arrogant, but they were just downright confused by what he failed to do. Simple things that you know NFL quarterbacks need to do in order to become successful in the league, do their homework. He didn't do that stuff. Okay, we, we kind of knew that as well. Uh, they all loved his arm. We don't know that, but it was basically his bad practice habits that led to his undoing, whether it was with Gruden or, or Rivera. So, um, and I guess there was a story in there that uh, Jay Gruden was so pissed off and getting so much pressure from Snyder, the owner, to put him in the game that he put him in against the Giants, if you remember that game, which I do, and Haskins really was not prepared at all, and he threw three interceptions and just looked awful, just, just absolutely awful, just as a kind of way to show the owner, like, here, this is the guy that you wanted to get drafted. This is the guy that you want us to start, and, and he stinks. So, you know, my question goes back to, but cut him? You know, and then they brought up the stuff that, that happened this last week about uh, the COVID violations, and then uh, a few weeks back, remember, they lost the game against the Ravens, and there was a story out there that uh, he was bragging in the locker room about some of his stats. You know, all right. You know, he's a second-year player who's had no success whatsoever, and he threw for 30 yards for the first time. So he was talking about it a little bit. I mean, it, it all goes back to the same thing. You cut him, though? You know, I, we didn't really get anything out of this story except just a summarization of things that we all kind of speculated and knew. But I still say, after reading the story, I still say, you cut him, though? I mean, you're talking about, again, uh, we, we brought this up yesterday. You're talking about a guy that was drafted in the first round, 15th overall, a guy your owner likes. You're one win away from going to the playoffs. And and you need a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. You're, you're looking at playing a guy that no one's ever heard of before, right, if Alex Smith can't go. I mean, you're going to cut him because, what, he wasn't a good practice guy because he was late to meetings? You're going to cut him now? I, I don't understand why they just didn't say, all right, you know what, you're being a baby. You're 23. You're not ready for the NFL, but we got one game left. You know, sit your ass at the end of the bench. And sit there, and then we're going to get you into the post or the, the offseason, and we're going to work with you, and we're going to find out then if you really want to be in the NFL or not. You know, we only have one more game. We don't have five. We don't have six. Uh, it doesn't sound like you're a bad guy. Um, you know, the, again, the reports say he wasn't rude or arrogant, so it wasn't like he was a jerk. We're not talking about Antonio Brown here. So I, I don't understand why they would go from a guy that, you know, is not ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. Okay to throwing him to, you know, out, out the door in less than two years. It, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. You know, it's somewhere along the line, you got to step up and just say, all right, you know, listen, we, we drafted a baby. Great. But babies grow up. And, and we're going to, you know, uh, cut a guy who could throw the football 100 yards because he's not ready to be an NFL player right now. I, I just, I don't understand that. I, I really, there's got to be something else. And if there isn't, then, then shame on the Redskins for cutting him. You know I mean, not paying him a lot of money. It's not like they're saving 15, 20, 30 million dollars. You paid him basically all the money he needs to make in his first contract, a couple million more. But it just doesn't make any sense. If, if this is all that's out there about Dwayne Haskins, about him just being a little immature and late to meetings and, and just, you know, not being ready to be an NFL quarterback, okay, then you sit him down. You got one week, one week left in the season, and then you, you deal with him in the offseason. And then in the offseason, if he can't win him over, then, then you cut him. I, I, I just I don't get it. Or trade him. You could trade him. I mean, he's the number 15th pick overall. Hell, even the Dolphins, even, even our dopey Dolphins gave up a second rounder for Josh Rosen two years ago 
And he was brutal with Arizona his first year. You couldn't get anything for Dwayne Haskins? Really? That, that That's a bad organizational decision. It, it really is. Uh, and I was a Haskins guy, and I still think you know, with that arm, you could, you could salvage him. But that is, that is just very bizarre. Whether there's something more to the story or they're just bozos in Washington, I don't know. Here's your three-team parlay. I don't know if you can get this at FanDuel. You, you might be able to. But I'm telling you right now, no one's beating Gonzaga, right? Uh, we, we broke it down. 9-0, uh, 90 points in basically all their games. They're still 350-1 to one to win it all. That's not too bad. Not great, but not, not too bad. I told you yesterday, no one's beating Kansas City. You know, maybe Tampa Bay. Maybe. Maybe Green Bay. Maybe. Those are the only two teams I really think. And, of course, our Dolphins. So I'm taking Kansas City. I'm taking Gonzaga. And I told you, no one's beating the Lakers. As much as I'd like to be wrong about that pick. You know, and they did lose two nights ago with, with the AD and LeBron in the lineup. But I, I get a feeling the Lakers are going to have a, a mediocre to good regular season. I think they are going to lose some games, kind of like last year. But... You know, it all boils down to best of seven. Can you beat the Lakers once? Yeah. Can you beat the Lakers twice? Yeah, probably. Are you beating them four times, though? No. No one's beating the Lakers. The, 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 you put the Chefs, the Zaga, and the Lakers in a three-team championship parlay, you get 43 to one. Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? (laughs) You do you, bro. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Your heart's racing. The clock's running out. It all comes down to this. We're talking. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Uh, Bagels and Bat Beats on this uh, Wednesday morning, 40 minutes past the hour. Poll question is up. We didn't get to that before we get to some more uh, NFL and other things. Uh, first up, let's uh, review our question from yesterday. What veteran quarterback should never see the light of day on the football field again? In essence, I had uh, Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, and the proverbial other. Uh, and Cam wins in a landslide, as I figured he would. 77% of the votes. Uh, ben got uh, 8% of the vote. Stafford got just under 4% of the vote, and other getting 11% of the vote. So uh, congrats to Cam Newton. Uh, he's the one that most people think is uh, just about had it. All right, our poll question for today uh, is, we listed the four teams that are battling for the uh, final wild card spot. Well, spots, actually, in the AFC. Uh, which one, the question is, will not make the playoffs? Will it be our beloved Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens, or the Indianapolis Colts? So go to your opposite picks feed, get your vote in, and uh, we'll update that a couple of times. So Browns, Ravens, Colts, and Dolphins battling for three wild card spots. Four pegs, three positions, which one is out? It really, I tell you, it's a toughie, it, you know, the Dolphins probably have the worst 
road, but the Colts are the lone team that don't control their own destiny. Now, that's the easiest way of putting it. Browns win, they're in. Ravens win, they're in. Dolphins win, they're in. Colts are the one that needs one of those three teams to lose. Um, if the Browns lose to Pittsburgh uh, or the Ravens lose to the Bungles uh, or the Dolphins lose to the Bills, then the Colts, who figured to win against the Jaguars, right? I mean, I, I, I can't see at this point. Although, I, I will tell you, Jacksonville's locked up the number one seed. Not that I believe at all that the players were worried about that. I, I don't doubt for a second the players were trying to win this whole time. But as an organization, you know, the pressure's off them. You know, they're getting the number one pick, so there's no worry about, you know, blowing it in the final week. But I, I don't think that's going to lead to much. I mean, if the Colts can't beat the Jaguars. And remember, oh, by the way, uh, the lone Jaguar win came against the Indianapolis Colts. Isn't it kind of funny? The Jags start the season with the Colts, and then they close out the season with the Colts. And the Jags' lone win was against the Colts. I mean, could you imagine? Oh, that would be funny. You know, outside of the Dolphins beating uh, Buffalo, if I had one pick, it would be, well, maybe uh, maybe the Browns losing. Uh, I hate Baker Mayfield. But if I had the three picks, it w the third pick would be the Colts losing to the Jaguars. Ah, I'd love to see Phillip Rivers lose to the Jags for a second time. Jackson will get the two wins all year, and they would both be against the Colts. Oh, how great would that be? That, that really would be good. So Cleveland, you know, has an easy road, which we'll get it to here in a second, because they get to play the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Baltimore has a pretty easy road. I, I know the Bungles have won a couple in a row, but Baltimore manhandled them the first time they played, and that was with uh, you know Joe Burrow as their quarterback. I, I really doubt uh, with the playoff spot on the line, I really doubt Baltimore is losing to Ryan Finley and, and the uh, Bungles. So they have a pretty easy road. It's the And the Colts have the Jags, as we mentioned, so I don't expect any of those three teams to lose. It's really going to be up to the Dolphins to beat Buffalo. And it's going to be up to the Buffalo Bills. You know, what What do they do now? Uh, Pittsburgh has thrown down the first gauntlet. They make the announcement yesterday that there's not starting Ben. And, uh, you know, probably some other players won't be playing uh, the full 60 minutes either. So that they waved the white flag on this game, which, again, I'll get to here in a second. So what is the Bills' response? You know, Buffalo needs to still probably win. You know, not that Pittsburgh can't win with Mason Rudolph. He does stink. We get that. But it's not like Roethlisberger's been great, right? So, you know, Buffalo's got to go into this game, I would think, saying, all right, we, we still probably got to beat the Dolphins to get the number two seed. Uh, and, and that would mean, you know, them getting a home game in the second round of the playoffs in addition to the first round, obviously. But, uh, you know, theoretically, if everything went status quo, they would be able to face the number three seed Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, in the semifinals versus having to play at Pittsburgh. Is it that big a deal? No fans in the stands? I, you know, I don't know. I suppose there is. You know, you're at home. But, you know, it's always easier at, at home. No, no matter what, uh, if there's five people or, you know, 65,000 people, it, you know, at least you're at home. They're not separated that far. Weather will be about the same. I get all that stuff. But, you know, th there is a little advantage still being at home. So I would think Buffalo would go out of their way. And God forbid something crazy should happen with Kansas City. Uh, I don't think, you know, because they'd have to lose that first game because they get a, a first round bye. But, you know, that, that theoretically is on the table as well. We'll, we'll see. I, I am very surprised and disappointed. I, I am in, in uh, Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. I, I think he's, you know, I love Tomlin. I, I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. 
Uh, I, I, I still rue the day that uh, Miami interviewed him and didn't hire him many moons ago. I, I'll never understand that. I, I don't know how you don't uh, you know talk with this guy and come away impressed. I, I don't get that at all. But that all said, you know, you got to rip where ripping is due. And what Pittsburgh and Tomlin did yesterday, that that's a joke. That that's you know that that just doesn't make any sense. And I've long said it time after time after time after time. Fans care more about these games than the players and even the head coaches. They care more about seedings. They care more about analyzing what's the easiest way to get to and win a Super Bowl. It's the fan that breaks down all the minutia. All the players and all the organizations care about is, did we make the playoffs? Yes. Is it a wild card? Who cares? Is it a division winner? Who cares? Is it a number two seed? Who cares? Is it a number five seed? Who cares? We're in, right? Yeah, you're in. Okay, our jobs are all safe for next year. That's all they care about. It's the fan that breaks it all down and is saying if you're a Buffalo fan or a Pittsburgh fan, all right, now we, we, we get to play the Bills in the second round, then we're going to play in Pittsburgh. Yes, so we got to win this game. You know, the Dolphins could beat this, certainly Buffalo. You know, they're playing for their playoff hopes, so we can maybe get into the number two seed. That would help us if we face the Bills in the second round. I mean, it's the fan that does all that. The, the team, and Mike Tomlin, they don't care. If, if they cared, they would be playing Ben Roethlisberger. It's as simple as that. He's healthy. There's no reason why he can't play. Again, as I've said in the NBA with these teams that limit their star players, they won't play back-to-back. You know what? If you want to tell me you don't want to expose Ben for an entire game, you want to give him a little bit of a break because there's no bye week this week, uh, then you know what? Okay, play in the second half then. Say, you know what? We're going to you know what? We're gonna let the uh, Rudolph play a half, and you know we're going to try and stay in the football game. And if we're still in a competitive game, which they should be, then you know what? Then we're going to have to play Ben the second half. It's something like that. Show me that you care just a little bit about the seedings and your ability to get another home game. With no fans in the stands or not, who cares? You know, in the state of Pennsylvania, you can have fans in the stands. New York, they're not allowing it. But in Pennsylvania, they are allowing it. So, you know, it does mean a little something to, to Pittsburgh, I would think, to get that number two seed. I, and, but they, they don't care. You know, and then for them to say afterwards, Tomlin, I'm going to say they, I mean, uh, Mike Tomlin, after he announced to the world that Roethlisberger's not playing, he then had the audacity and the balls to say, but it doesn't change our intentions in terms of going to Cleveland this weekend. Football is our game. Our job is winning. We intend to do our job. We intend to prepare with that mindset and ultimately lead us to that destination. We're not seeking comfort. We're not grading ourselves on a curve. The game is on the schedule, so the guys that will be on the field will represent us, and the standard that is the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, will be the standard. Oh, what a bunch of minutia crapola that is. Uh, hey, coach, you know, you just got through saying your star Hall of Fame quarterback isn't playing because you don't care about the game. Don't, in your next breath, try and say that you're still going to try and worry about winning the football game, all right? Don't, don't uh, lie to me and then tell me it's the truth. Uh, please, you, you just got through saying that your best option at quarterback is sitting the game out because you don't care about the game. Don't then say in the very next breath that uh, you do care about the football game because if you did, then Roethlisberger would be playing. It's not like Rudolph is any good. Good Lord, we saw that last year. He stinks. You know, that they have basically zero opportunity to win this football game. Then you throw the Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, Miles Garrett situation into it, and now all of a sudden you've taken a – you know, meaningless game if you want to think that and made it a big-time game because of Garrett and Rudolph. Why would you want to do that? I mean, just – with that mumbo-jumbo about football's our game and our job is winning and that's going to be our mindset, and it's baloney. 
that, that, that's baloney. Start Roethlisberger then if that's the case. If football is your game, if you intend to prepare to win, uh, if you're not uh, grading yourself on a curve, whatever the fudge that means, uh, then go ahead and start your best players. Benching your best players is not trying to win the football game. Telling the world you're going to have your backups in there is not trying to win the football game. It just, someone's got to call BS on Mike Tomlin. And I love Tomlin, but you got to call BS on that. You can't bench your best players. And what about the other guys? You know, the other guys got to be saying to themselves, well, wait a minute now. You know, what, Ben is better than us? Well, he gets to sit, but I got to play. I got to risk injury, but Ben doesn't. He's more valuable to me, to the team than I am. But well, what about me? I'm an offensive lineman. I'm a wide receiver. Uh, what about James Conner? He's having to deal with injuries the entire year. I got to play this game. You know, it sets a bad example. It sends a bad message to your football team, which has had some issues in the locker room and with all the other social unrest going on, the ups and the downs, and now the Miles Garrett versus Rudolph situation. You know, did he use the N-word or didn't he? That's all going to come up again. And, and you're going to sit your quarterback out and you've created this 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 mess. I, and, and again, with a chance to maybe get the number two seed, but it just doesn't matter. The question should have been for Tomlin, if fans were allowed in the stands, would you be doing this? Are you doing this because it's not as big a deal to play on the road this year because there aren't any fans in the stands? So if there were going to be 70,000 people at uh, you know at the game, you know, obviously all Buffalo fans, or at least most of them, if that second round game is going to be played in Buffalo, would you be doing this? Would you be waving the white flag on this game, basically handing the Bills the number two seed? I wonder what his answer would be. You know, if it's still yes, then there's something wrong with Mike Tomlin. Uh, you know, it, it, but if he if he's going to be honest or, or you know, what I would think he would say is, yes, it does play a role. You know, as much as fans don't come out of the stands and get on the football field, we're not talking about the 13th man here, the 12th man with Texas A&M. Uh, it does have an influence on the game. It gets teams pumped up. Uh, just look at the overall records of home teams versus road teams. You know, it, it does matter in uh, other years. But this year, it doesn't. Because there aren't any fans in the stands, it's not that big a deal. That's why we're tanking the game. That's what I'd like to know. I'd like to have him have answered that question. If there were fans in the stands, if this was a typical year, would you be doing the same thing? Or is this basically a, a COVID-19 situation where you realize it's not that big a deal? But either, even if that is the case, I still don't like the message. I, I think it's a lousy message. Um, I don't know what, what event, you know, in a world in which, here's the other thing about this, right? In a, in a sports world in which you have to, you know, garner every single possibility on whether a guy's going to play or not. Oh, my God. You know, the, the injury report, it's questionable. He's doubtful. He's probable. He's maybe. He's this. He's that. Right. You don't know until game time. Literally, you know, a half hour before a kickoff, do they hand it in the, you know, who's playing and who's not playing? Uh, the inactives, you, you know, you don't know for sure. There's such secrecy, right? You know, like, oh, my God, God forbid I should tell the world that, uh, you know, Joe Schmo's not playing. It's going to be the end of the world. Uh, so knowing that, but then here he is on a Tuesday telling the world that Roethlisberger's not playing. Why would he, you know, does he, I, I guess he cares that little about the game, right? Wouldn't you keep this a secret? Wouldn't you tell your guys, hey, listen, don't don't say anything, all right? Please. Uh, maybe you, wouldn't, you don't even tell you guys. Maybe, you know, you just give Rudolph some extra reps with the first unit, and you make the announcement Sunday morning. Doesn't the whole thing doesn't make any sense? It, it really doesn't. But ultimately, I just I hate the message that Tomlin has given uh, his, his team that the game doesn't count when it does count. 
Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning. We're coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Uh, 57 past the hour on this uh, Wednesday morning, a couple of days away from turning the calendar to 2021. Big weekend in the NFL. Weird week in that we have this is at least the second time, if not the third time. Uh, we have more 4 o'clock games than we have 1 o'clock games. We have 7 1 o'clock games. We have 8 4 o'clock games. And then we have the one Sunday night game. Uh, generally, that that's how it is this last week in, in that they – you have to play, obviously, all the West Coast games at 4 o'clock. And then they want to pair all the games in which the teams uh, are all playing for something, playing at the same time. Like They're going to put Washington and Philadelphia late because ultimately everything resides on that football game. They could have done the same thing with Arizona and L.A. because winners in, losers, not necessarily out, but uh, winner gets in. So they could have chose that game. So they're going to have the you know the the the, the Dolphins play at the same time. The Bills are going to play at the same time. The Colts are going to play this way. There's not some competitive edge if one plays at one o'clock and that team loses, and the other team is already clinched, which would make that game meaningless. They don't want to do that. They want to make sure these games have meaning the final week of the regular season. So uh, because of all that, you got seven at one and then eight. Uh, with that four or four thirty, depending on you know when they actually start these things. So I kind of like that. You know, it's it's weird. I, I do like it, but I do get used to only having three or four. You know, ideally probably five uh, late games are good. Seven or eight is a little too much, but uh, I, I prefer it over you know ten versus three. That that's for darn sure. You get a couple of blowouts late, and then you're left with basically nothing. So pretty good weekend. You got the college football semifinal games to get to uh, as well. I think it was a bad beat closing out hour number one. Uh, for NFL stuff, let's find out who's going to win the NFC East, who's getting in the AFC, some college football talk as well right here on a Wednesday morning. Wow. 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 Listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Build digital first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy to launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 